0: Welcome fellow explorers. My name is Christian Alexanderson and this is Hemlocks to Hellbenders, a podcast highlighting Pennsylvania's parks, forests, and great outdoors. On this episode, we're going to be talking about World's End State Park. Located in a narrow S-shaped valley of Loyal Sock Creek, World's End is a mountain lover's playground. This park provides visitors with amazing natural beauty and boundless outdoor adventures. Now we'll go on record by saying that this park's rugged mountain landscape is one of my favorite in the Commonwealth. I absolutely love it here. But before we get to the interview, here's the stats. World's End is a 780-acre park located in Sullivan County. Available activities include hiking, picnicking, camping, swimming, wildlife watching, wet water rafting, cross-country skiing, snowmobiling, hunting, and fishing. A notable feature of the park is its narrow, S-shaped valley of the Loyal Sock Creek. The origin of the name for World's End State Park is controversial. People refer to the area as World's End, World's Glen, and World's End. Separate letter campaigns sought to set the name straight. From 1936 to 1943, the park was called World's End. Then, in 1946, the name was finally changed to World's End. Nearby towns include Forksville, Eaglesmere, Laporte, and Dushore. State parks that are close by include Ricketts Glen and Vossburg Neck. You may enjoy the park if you enjoy rugged mountain terrain and spectacular views. From the park office at World's End State Park, I'm excited to welcome Chad McKenrick to the podcast. Chad is the park manager at World's End State Park. Thanks for joining the program. Thanks for having me. How would you describe the park to someone who's never been here before?
1: Great question. The way I would describe it is we have 70 campsites, 19 reservable cabins, and um, those fall right along a, a stock trout water, a Loyal sock Creek, and um, we are surrounded with very steep hillsides that have about a 500-foot elevation change. So it's really dramatic landscape. This park has a very interesting geological history.
0: How is the area formed?
1: This would have been, uh, to what I've read, uh, we would have been covered with an ocean and it would have been uh, sediment rock that would have been formed. And then the Loyal sock over uh, well, whatever time period you want to uh, subscribe to, it would have eroded that and created these uh, this canyon valley that we're in.
0: There are unique fossils from before the time of the dinosaurs that can be uncovered here at World's End. What sort of fossils can be found here at the park?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've seen or heard about um, some lungfish burrows, which I haven't seen myself, but but I've read a little bit about them. And also, I believe it's called brachiopods, um, which are like almost a seashell-looking type thing. I haven't found any myself, but uh, yeah, that takes time, I imagine. You've worked at a lot of different parks. What do you love most about this park? Oh, this park. I really like uh, one thing that draws me uh, to many parks, but this one is, is very uh, evident here. It would be the CCC uh, structures uh, and, and the major influence that it had on this area.
0: The Endless Mountains are one of the most beautiful features of the area. Do you have any recommendations for great vistas or
1: overlooks for people stopping by? The main one that we have in the park would be the Canyon Vista. uh, And it offers a couple different opportunities. You can do a hike, which is about a four mile loop, or you can drive up there. And um, I think that meets a lot of people's needs uh, and abilities. Uh, While you're up there, um, you can go over and check out High Knob Vista. That's outside of the state park. um, And it's actually on State Forest, the Loyal Sox State Forest property um but it's also a very dramatic view and not that far away is there something everyone should experience when they visit oh yeah i i think the canyon vista is a must i mean it it, it is world's end state park okay
0: a visitor has a full day to explore the park what do you think they should do
1: well i'd start off depending on weather dependent i guess so uh, because it is a little cold down here uh we have we have a little beach, and uh, I'd recommend you go check out the beach. If that's not available to you, because uh, sometimes it does get crowded, I would recommend that you go out along the the shoreline along the Loyal Sock Creek. That offers a lot of opportunities, and you can see some of the high walls and stuff. Um, pull off and play, do a little bit of fishing. There's, there's a lot lot to do there.
0: Now, there may be people listening to this that when they think of beach, they think of New Jersey, they think of Maryland, they think of Delaware. That's not the sort of beach we're talking about here.
1: Not really, no. It is a roped-off swimming area, Um, so we do allow swimming in that area. There is a little bit of sand, um, but unfortunately, just because of the way the geography is and the, the way things were laid out, There's a set of stairs that that have to be navigated to get down to the water. Do you recommend they stay overnight if they can? Yeah, absolutely. We've got the 19 reservable cabins, and those were built by the CCC from about 1934 to 1941 over that time period. So um, they're rustic. They give um, a little bit different experience. Sometimes I think it's a little more rustic than what people had imagined in their mind Uh, because there's no running water or any of those sorts of things. They have to walk to the restroom facilities. But there is a shower uh, house, and um, there there's some modern facilities available. You just have to walk a little bit. Also, we have a campground uh, that has 70 sites, and that offers a variety of different camping opportunities as well. So maybe about half of the sites are electric sites, some of those sites we allow pets on and then we even have some walk-in sites they're non-electric but uh, you're not parked right at the campsite you have to walk in a little way so it kind of fills the need for for most people um sometimes we do get people that think it's going to be more of a back country experience but that's just not really what we do um because of the volume of visitors that that we see here um, it would be very, very detrimental to have um, that many people just uh, disperse camping uh, all over the place. If a visitor only has a couple hours, what do you think they should do here? Definitely, you got to find a way to get up to Canyon Vista. Now, that can be difficult in the winter um, because the roads do have to be closed because of icy conditions. Um, but most most of our visitors do come in the time of year where, where they can get up there one of the things i really like about this park is that they have so many different
0: areas for picnicking including the, uh, the state forest when people stop by are they usually stopping by for a lunch or is it usually people stopping by for multiple days and staying at cabins and campsites
1: yeah it, it's interesting uh we have a kind of a range depending on what the activity is uh we the people tend to come from different areas um, the folks in, that rent our cabins tend, uh, or at least seem to be, from around the maybe the Philadelphia and New Jersey area, um, and then um, our day visitors tend to be uh, obviously a little bit closer. So that would be like the picnic area. They tend to be more like from the Williamsport and a little bit further, which makes sense. Um, and then our our campground folks um uh, surprisingly come from all over the place. It's really amazing to see how far some of those folks come.
0: I think really that's a testament to when you show up and you kind of fall in love with this place. My friend Matt brought me here for the first time and it was kind of like seeing everything in color for the first time. I mean it's just this place is just so beautiful and it's rugged and wild and there's so many adjectives you could use for it. it just kind of gets in your blood once you come here.
1: Yeah. Um that's real common. Um uh, we get we get the same folks. Um, I I guess that's part of why I know where the people that stay in the cabins are from is because they tend to tell me and, um, they also tell me they've been coming here for 30, 40, 50 years, year after year. They hold their, um, family reunions that they, they plan their summer schedule around coming to visit us. And that's uh, not something that I take lightly, you know, um, and try to make every visit for every person here like a magical experience right and uh whether it's their first time or their 50th time we try um we work very hard and and i say we I, i mean the whole staff um the maintenance crew they take a lot of pride in the work that they do and they do great work um you know it's interesting we don't uh Take a whole lot of time picking up garbage around here because our visitors are very invested in it. So the the maintenance crew can work um, on fixing and maintaining facilities around here. The office staff can help you out, get you where you want to go, plan, help you plan your vacation a little bit, and um, that that frees up my ranger staff to get out and um, talk with people and kind of have that. Um, more of like a community policing type angle. Um, and I, I think people appreciate that. Now we've had some challenges over the last few years, you know, meeting the demand of the public and um, trying to maintain that experience for everybody.
0: When is the best time to visit the park? Do you think?
1: In my opinion, I think the fall is just fantastic. Um, the, the, the visitation is very high around July um, because people are coming in, they're traveling a long ways because we're a long ways from everything. You know, those of us that uh, live here, you know, we we drive maybe 45 minutes to get necessities that's, you know, to buy groceries and and those sorts of things. So we're, we're kind of in here deep. That means the people that visit us are out a ways. It's very busy here in that July peak season there, but in the fall, the visitation drops off just a little bit and allows it to be a little less crowded, and of course you had the change of the leaves and all of that, so it really makes for uh, spectacular views and, and just a little bit less crowded time to do that. The Civilian Conservation
0: Corps had four camps in Sullivan County. What impact do you think they had on the area?
1: it was a huge impact this this park wouldn't be a park without it it we were started as a like a picnic area the budget was $50 and i think they bought four picnic tables after that the uh it, it would have been around so that would have been uh gosh about 1931 ish um you know the land was started to be purchased in in, in a couple of different chunks and then in 34 they built um, the main building and then started the other maintenance and the and the cabins and stuff. They built a dam and created the swimming area. They just built structures and roads all over the place. And it, this was a you know a depressed area like many areas, and it really helped out on uh, The community and it it helped out the individuals and their families.
0: loyal Salt Creek provides visitors with plenty of outdoor activities, depending on the time of the year. what
1: sort of activities can people participate in yeah so you know in, in April uh, trout season kicks off, and uh, we have lots of anglers that come out they they come out early to help the fish and boat commission stock the fish and Then once the season kicks off, there's people here, it seems like they're fishing around the clock. And then, you know, as it starts to warm up, and really any time, it's not that uncommon to see a kayak go through. Um, uh, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and they told me that they saw a kayak just three days ago. People just like to to play in the stream. I I often see people flipping rocks and looking for... uh, I don't know, aquatic species, and uh, it just is really fun to play in. And the the, uh, stony beaches, um, they're not really a beach, but uh, it's just really fun to watch people interact with
0: the water. The park's 20 miles of hiking trails are mostly rocky with steep
1: sections that climb the surrounding mountains. Is there a particular trail you recommend visitors take? It depends on what experience the people are looking for. So generally, um, the a very frequent question we get here at the office is, "What's your easiest trail?" Which is fun because we don't have any easy trails. Um, but our least difficult trail would be the Double Run Nature Trail. Now, it it starts in the park uh, over near uh, the chapel, and it, it does go on to Forest Street property, but the little like a lollipop-shaped loop there is uh, very nice, and it has the cottonwood falls, and people really seem to enjoy it. My favorite hike is is one of the shorter ones here, and it's actually up to High Rock. It's our most difficult one if you if you're willing to have a little bit of a challenge. Um, you, there's a, a a nice rock scramble to get up to the top. Well, the The vista is nice. It's not as spectacular as the canyon vista. It's just a really fun little hike.
0: The extensive forest cover, hemlock valleys, and mountainous terrain provide ideal habitat for big woods wildlife. What sort of wildlife can visitors spot here?
1: So you can see white-tailed deer, not as common as they are in some areas. Uh, I think sometimes people are surprised by that, how few deer that you see here, but it's not, not unlikely. Um, one of the things that people are probably more concerned about than is actually a reality uh, you could run across a timber rattlesnake, certainly, if you do, we encourage you to uh, look with your eyes and not with your hands um but they're out there, and I wouldn't be surprised to find or hear that somebody had encountered maybe some spotted salamanders depending on the time of year now since your podcast is called Hemlock to Hellbenders, I'm assuming that you'd be interested in hellbenders. Um, I, I believe they are in the Loyal Sock Creek, although um, I I don't know that any have been discovered here in, within the park boundaries. What about bear? Oh yeah, we have bears. Now we've done our very best to change how how that works out. So uh, we have bear-proof dumpsters and we try very hard to let bears be bears in the woods and not necessarily in the campgrounds or in the cabin area. We do encourage folks that are visiting us to please secure your food and um, store all sorts of smelly things including uh, sunscreen and toothpaste. Those are things that people don't think about. We had some folks uh, over the this last summer that had issues putting their stuff away because they were staying in tents and they just didn't think about, um, you know, they can't just be in a cooler. They need to be secured and in, in, into your your vehicle or, or make some other arrangements. You can't leave that stuff out. It can really cause a lot of property damage. And then um, by not um, being a good camper, you're potentially ruining the visit for other campers around you. And we just ask people to be aware of that and try and think about uh, how their visit can impact others as well.
0: What is the rock garden and where can visitors find it?
1: Yeah, the rock gardens up at the Canyon Vista, it's it's essentially just a a rock outcropping. And it's what I would imagine this whole valley would have looked like a long, long time ago as as the valley was forming.
0: Do you have any tips for people who plan on visiting the park?
1: Yeah, so currently we have major road construction on State Route 154. It's between World's End Road and the park office. So uh, the official detour would require folks to travel um, Route 220 to Dushore and then catch 87 um, to the village of Forksville. and then 154 into the park. Um, that would be to come to the park office. Basically, whichever way you're coming, you need to come in Route 87, and then that's going to continue into mid-May. Uh, one thing that I would definitely tell people uh, to keep in mind is that we don't really have cell phone service here, um, so you need to make arrangements, and uh, as far as maps or any any other sorts of things before you leave cell phone service, um, that that tends to be a major issue for people. They they get directions here, but then can't find their way home. We'll help you out, but uh, it can be stressful to a lot of folks.
0: And having been here a couple of times, the amenities aren't plentiful. If you want something, you should probably bring it or plan a, accordingly to be able to find something as you're getting here.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like I had mentioned earlier. Um, you know, to get to a major um, town or major city, uh, you're looking at about 40 to 45 minutes. Um, that would be the greater Williamsport area. Um, to get smaller, um, there's a due shore to the north of us. It's about a 20-minute drive, and, and you can get some items, but, but maybe not everything. So um, just plan your trip accordingly.
0: Chad, thanks so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me.
0: I want to thank my guest, Chad McHenrich, for joining the podcast. Be sure to visit our website and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information about upcoming episodes. This has been Hemlock Stylebenders. I'll see you out there. Hosting, production, and editing by Christian Alexanderson. Music by John Sauer. Graphics by Uncle Traveling Matt's Random Expedition.